We solved video distribution challenges in every industry. Now, we're distributing that insight to you. This is Z-Band Tech Talk. Welcome to the Z-Band Tech Talk podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. So when we slated today's podcast, we planned to discuss Z-Band's appearance at the ASHE PDC Summit in San Antonio later this month, but a world pandemic took hold and this annual hospital design and and construction trade show was just one of the many conferences that were canceled to help stem the the spread of COVID-19. So today we're talking about COVID-19's effect on the healthcare industry and how this cancellation is indicative of more to come. My guests today are Dan Helfrich and Chad Tully. Gentlemen, welcome. How are you? Hi, Shelby. So COVID-19 is rapidly changing the world we live in, and and this conference really is just one example. So we're seeing a lot of conferences and trade shows being canceled or postponed worldwide. I'm first of all just curious some of the housekeeping details uh, that took place when this show was canceled. So, I mean, yes, you you had to cancel travel, yes, but were there – materials for a trade show booth that were in the works or just other quick adjustments that kind of had to take place when the show can- was canceled? We were we were actually pretty fortunate that we were partnering with uh, with one of our vendors, Accutech, that we were going to be sharing a booth with them um, down in San Antonio. And they had actually kind of taken their own preemptive measure and pulled out before the, uh, before the conference was officially canceled. So we didn't necessarily have any booth equipment or or anything of that nature already shut down here. But that is definitely a, a concern for a lot of folks that um, had to deal with this last minute, I'm sure. Right. Do you know if there's any discussions about taking this type of show uh, online only, or is it really kind of too late in the game to be able to implement something like that? I haven't seen anything. I know that there's another conference, um, a, a relatively larger healthcare conference called HIMSS that was scheduled to take place, I think it was early March, um, that was canceled with relatively short notice, but I know that they have moved to kind of like an online digital platform, at least for their uh, for their speakers and, and uh, seminar sessions that they had planned out. Well, that raises kind of an issue, an interesting issue, because we're, we're starting to see, I mean, I just saw today that Apple... Uh, is doing an online-only conference for their WWDC conference. Uh, the logistics of that, I mean, obviously, Apple was probably very well suited to be able to do that, but also we're kind of going into uncharted territory with this. Uh, so have you heard about any other shows uh, that have been shut down that are within your industry or are just others in general that uh, are, are kind of struggling to grapple with this like I said, new world we're living in. Um, we had teams at NAB um, that we, were, we weren't exhibiting at, but we were looking at uh, sending some of our engineering team down. That was scheduled for, I think, mid-April out in Vegas. And that, I haven't seen anything if they're moving to an online, um, an online platform. But, you know, the next big show for us that's scheduled is Infocom, out, also out in Vegas. Um, and that's mid-June. And I think they're kind of, we're, we're kind of planning for both contingencies. Uh, we haven't gotten word either way. So, you know, we're still planning on going, uh, but we're also kind of aware of the fact that a lot of stuff, especially even over the past 24, 48 hours has changed rather rapidly. So 
um, there was a good chance that that you know we do need to make alternative plans for you know what we had scheduled out there. Yeah, and I think, I think Chad's making a really good point there. Is one of the things about this right now, and we've had to face it as a business, and obviously the rest of the industry in, in healthcare for sure, but then all the <laughs> every other industry in the world right now as well is there's just a lot of uncertainty. We're at such a we're at the beginning of something that I mean, frankly, we don't understand. So you're seeing a lot of shows that are in May, June, July, August, for lack of a better way of putting it, just kind of sitting on their hands and waiting to see how this unfolds. And you've had NAB cancel and ASHE cancel and HIMS cancel and Coachella looking to reschedule and South by Southwest that brings, you know, estimates that I've read of like two to 400,000 people to the city of Austin every year and that cancels. So the, the folks that have have had to make the decision over the last few weeks all seem to have erred on the side of canceling and unless you're UFC. Um, and right. Then, right. And then everybody else that, that has some time to see how things play out seem to be waiting to, to figure out what we do next. So with conferences possibly moving online, um, companies asking their workforce to work from home, uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, technology come into the forefront, uh, you know, being able to to make work happen. And so Z-Band provides you know, video distribution solutions for a number of industries. So I'm curious for, because this was a healthcare conference you guys were going to, uh, for your customers in the healthcare industry, have you heard from them about any technology challenges that they're facing from this? It's funny you bring that up. That's actually one of the things Chad and I were talking about today is, you know, as we make this transition, one of the first things that we're going to do in the next week or two is reach out specifically to those customers and ask them that question. What can, what can we do right now to, to help you? To what, what type of technologies do you think that you're going to need? What type of video one specifically, since that's what we're in, are you guys looking to utilize? as this is, is ongoing or as this is unfolding and really take that feedback from them and see how quickly we can adapt to get them what they need. And if, if we face a worst case scenario, right, and what happens or is happening in Italy happens over here, then there is going to be some need for education, whether that's digital signage, that is educating people on you know how to recognize symptoms. There's a lot of different ways that you could see video being utilized to keep people educated while they're in and around the hospital as this is unfolding. And um, we're going to reach out to customers starting starting next week and kind of take their guidance on how they feel like we could be of best use to them. You mentioned the digital signage. That is an interesting usage, and I actually hadn't heard about that yet. Is that something that's happening uh, in Europe where there's almost PSAs across any digital signage to show what those symptoms are for um, for anybody that maybe not realize that what they're experiencing could be COVID-19? I mean, so it, it aligns with one of just the larger trends in healthcare right now, um, which is patient education, right? We are trying to do things to keep people from getting sick, but then we're also trying to do things that once they're in the hospital or in the healthcare system, we want to do what we can to make sure that they understand what is happening to them, what type of procedures they're about to have, and then when they go home, um, make sure that they're being educated on how to 
take care of themselves. So, I mean, I don't know that I've seen a specific case study on it yet. I've been doing some reading on um, South Korea and how they're battling this, and then that's just kind of like a full court press on all fronts, up to and including drive-through testing for COVID-19. But there's definitely, even if there's not a case study out there on it yet, there's definitely a use case for video education in helping people understand what they are going through. Are you seeing any unexpected use? Well, actually, no, I'm going to go back. Um, so specifically within the healthcare industry and, and, and maybe uh, hospitals, like administration, those folks that are, uh, that are able to work from home. Uh, I guess, could we talk about some of the challenges that they may be facing and uh, what, uh, what, leaders there should be thinking about in terms of their needs and, and how to, to meet the demand for basically trans, you know, transforming to a remote workforce. <laughs> well, we were talking about this at lunch, actually, um, and I haven't personally read up on, on any of the specifics about it, but a lot of the uh, internet service providers seem to be, you know, lifting the caps, I guess, on, on bandwidth to some degree. Um, so I think a lot of that, when we start shifting to a, to a remote workforce, a lot of that is obviously going to be putting some, some strain on networks and, and things of that nature. So I, I think we're at the point with this whole situation right now that we're not really sure what we don't know and what we're going to come up against. You know, over the past 24, 48 hours has been quite a ramping up of cancellations and, and uh, you know, school districts or businesses closing. Um, so a lot of this, I'm not quite sure that we've seen the effects of this ripple as it spreads out. And we had just to piggyback on that, we made our decision on what, Wednesday, right around mm -hmm. noon on yeah. Wednesday, that we were going to start to alter uh, our work schedules to live in contact and kind of do what we could to, to be a part of the solution here. One of the problems that our office specifically is going to face that I would imagine a lot of these entities that aren't set up for telework as a large part of their workforce are going to face is you just, you're going to run into things that you take for granted being at the office, um, not being at your house. You know, maybe you don't have a copier or a scanner. There are, there are going to be little things that when you're at an office or when you are in a, a larger corporate environment on a day-to-day -day basis, they're just there and you don't think about them. And now as we're transitioning everybody to telework, those types of resources may or may not be around. And then um, to, to Chad's point specifically about broadband and data, I mean, this is going to be a stress test for our networking systems across the country because now not only are we going to have, uh, you know, parents working from home, uh, probably a smaller percentage of the workforce actually going to an office on a day-to-day -day basis. Kids are going to be home. Um, daycares, I would imagine, uh, won't be too far from following suit. I was talking to one of our employees here. I mean, if the guidance from Health and Human Services and Department of Education is that schools aren't safe and we have to worry about transmission within schools, then it's not going to be too long until we start thinking about whether or not daycares are, especially these large-scale daycares, something that we want to have everybody in. So we're about to stress test our, our network capability in a way that we, we probably never have before and, and hopefully won't have to again, but it's about to happen. Right. Uh, so speaking specifically about what Z-Band is doing, uh, you said, so then you made the decision on Wednesday to go ahead and start transitioning 
uh, to at least limiting uh, comp- contact, uh, does that include working remotely? Yeah, absolutely. So Chad and I are sitting six feet apart right now to make sure that we don't <laughs> not in each other's <laughs> sphere. Um, so the, the first meeting that we had on this um, was Monday, and we set that out on Friday of last week, which it's amazing how much everything has changed in seven days, because I felt a little bit like a doomsday prepper. Um, on Friday of last week when we were scheduling this meeting saying, hey, I think we have to talk about this. Um, so on Monday, we set everybody up to cancel um, any and all travel that they had planned and anything that you felt like you needed to book for Infocom, NAB, whatever future trade shows that we were still considering or that were still open at the time. Um, we wanted to make sure that those things were going to be booked. Um, but refundable, booked with travel insurance so that we could cancel them, which, I mean, to, to the credit of the industry, the airlines and a lot of the hotels have stepped up and kind of taken that burden on themselves as this has unfolded. Um, and then Wednesday, yeah, we made the decision Wednesday um, to start teleworking. So basically, there's never any more than three or four people in the office uh, effective Monday, just enough to make sure that we can continue to get product out the door, we continue to operate the business as we need to, uh, but all of the engineering design, all the sales work, all of the marketing duties um, that we made the decision on Wednesday to start transitioning all of that to work from home. For the people that are still in the office, what kind of precautions are being taken uh, there at the, you know, the office warehouse and how are they being able to, or how are they able to make sure that they're staying healthy and protected from any unnecessary exposure? We've done some things. I'm a bit of a germaphobe anyway, so I tend to kick people out if they tell me they're feeling sick, whether they, um, right. but even before this happened, so this kind of falls in right with my natural proclivities to be scared of stuff. Um, but even, even outside of that, the folks that are coming in, we've done some simple stuff. We've eliminated the community candy bowl. We've increased the amount of hand sanitizer that's here. We have not bought any extra toilet paper. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we are uh, having everyone clean off their desks and all of their surfaces um, so that the cleaning company that comes in can do an extra deep clean and an extra sanitization. Um, we don't don't hug each other every day when we come in in the morning now. Um, there's, there's, there's a bunch of little stuff that we've done to, number one, to make sure the office is more sanitary, and then number two, to just help distance ourselves a little bit better. And it is for the folks that are coming in, it is a, a rotating schedule um, at this point. So we're not just constantly exposing the same one or two people to you know, potentially being in an environment where we may be and then obviously, if we do get any reports um, of folks who are infected, or I guess at this point, I'm going to say when, because I'm assuming that that's going to happen, when we do get reports of uh, folks within our direct sphere of influence that have been infected, we'll probably pull whichever person that happens to be from the rotation. Um, or it looks like the guidance from WHO is, is 5 to 12 days to, for the incubation period is to see whether or not they, they start showing symptoms or whether or not they... Um, they can go get a test and see whether or not they have, have the virus. Yeah, it's been a, a, a kind of an interesting needle to thread from a, from a messaging standpoint. We obviously don't want to be seen as, as being lax in, in our efforts, um, whether it's personally or professionally uh, with what we're doing, but we also don't want to be seen as, as, you know, kind of 
overcorrecting in the opposite direction with with our response. So, you know, I see a lot of stuff on social media and, and, and the news, and it's you know how do we kind of how do we find that middle ground, and also the message that we that we put out to our customers and clients as well. It is interesting that very early on in and it's it's interesting. Well, the fact that early on was earlier this week, uh, but before we knew a lot more. Yeah, it, there was almost a sense of uh, fear mongering, or you know, especially in cases where a person tested presumptive positive, people were assuming that meant that there was a presumption that they were positive, but actually just a needed a simple explanation. That just means that. The, you know, for example, the county didn't have kits to test for COVID, and so they had to go to an independent lab for which they tested positive there, and then now they have to be confirmed by uh, by the CDC. So there was a lot of, I guess, cautiousness and not wanting to look alarmist and not wanting to, you know, sound the alarm for the seriousness of the epidemic, but now it is coming clear that this is spreading very quickly and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. This, again, is a, it, these are affecting us in ways that we didn't really expect. I'm just curious from you guys, I mean, are there unexpected impacts that you have felt personally or professionally, things that you just wouldn't have thought of that you're like, oh, you know what, it's, this is going to limit the way I do this or do that? I mean, not to not to sound flippant or come across, you know, not taking it seriously. But I, if you would have told me a, a week or even two weeks ago that uh, that March Madness would be canceled, I would, I would oh, yeah. probably laughed in your face. I mean, that's that's something that I genuinely look forward to every year. You know, I take a couple of days off, um, so you know, I'm not eating up the the company's bandwidth watching the, the watching the games. Um, and you know, here we are. And so it's, I, I totally understand the 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 need to take these kinds of measures. Um, but at the same time, you know, just within the the past couple of days to see this ramp up to the degree that it has has been kind of, uh, I don't want to say alarming, but it, it, it kind of puts things in perspective. No, I mean, I want to piggyback on that, though. Number one, that you, he's not joking. He does take days off for March Madness. That's, <laughs> that, that happens every year. I'm saving some money this year, though, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I've been singing happy birthday um, a lot more than what I used to while I'm washing my hands. That's been interesting because it's one of right. the recommended songs. Although I'm starting to transition to Friends in Low Places, which is a little bit less repetitive. Um, There's a site that you can go to to enter your favorite song and it will show you exactly which verses that you need to sing until to make sure that you do it. That's perfect. Yeah, we should. That'll be in our company Slack <laughs> before the end of the day, I guarantee it. Right. Um, no, there, there have been just... Just little things. I think I'm a little more conscious of people that are coughing, sneezing, whatever. When I'm out and about, I'm a little more conscious of any time that I cough, was that hated? I, you know, self-examination. Mm -hmm. Was that was that me just coughing because I you know, took a drink of soda down the wrong hole? What was the deal there? Um, so there's you're just way more aware of your own daily actions and how you're interacting with people and. I was joking at the beginning of the podcast, but we, we sat six feet away from each other in staff meetings this week. So there's a bunch of small things that we've done. Um, and to be clear, not everybody in the office is a believer that this is a, that we're, that we're not getting out ahead of ourselves. 
Um, but everyone is kind of respectful enough of the positions that we've taken to not be the guy that like nuzzles right up to the person next to them in the staff meeting and make them uncomfortable. So it's been interesting. Yeah, and actually I think you, you make do make a great point that there may be differing different levels of precaution that people uh, are taking. And so maybe some people may think that, you know, oh, this is an overreaction. This is an overadjustment or overcorrection. Um, but I think what uh, the messaging from the CDC has been is that, you know, we can we can help stem the spread of this just by some simple social distancing, that it doesn't have to be a, a panic-inducing thing, but it doesn't hurt to err on the side of caution. And so it sounds like uh, Z-Band is certainly taking those precautions seriously and, and uh, looking to reach out to their customers and see how they can possibly help with this. If there are questions that your customers do have, um, how can they, how can they reach out to you and how can they, um, I guess, where can they turn to for just some basic information? Maybe it, it may not be necessarily in the wheelhouse, but just some basic teleworking help. So we always encourage our customers to reach out to us uh, via our website to give us a call. Um, our phone number is obviously on the website there. Uh, we have web contact forms, customer support forms, but we one of the things that we don't want to lose in this and one of the things that we want to stress is just because we are transitioning to remote work and there are going to be fewer in, people in the office doesn't mean that we are not going to be here and we're not going to be around to answer questions. I mean, actually at 4 o'clock today and a half an hour, I have a, a conference call with one of our better customers here in the state of Pennsylvania to start to discuss some of these things push some content over to remote offices. It's all internal content. It's all training content. And we've always been here for those conversations. Um, and we want to continue to be here for those conversations, even though now you're going to be talking to someone on their cell phone from their house, potentially with their kid running around in the background versus, you know, when they were sitting at a desk. But the expertise that we have is still going to be here. The attention to detail in your project that we have still going to be here. That stuff isn't going to change uh, just because we're going to be maybe handling those questions from a slightly different geography. As we start to wrap up, what would you want customers to understand about uh, Z-Band's proactiveness and how uh, they are rolling things out to help its customers? Did we miss anything about online presence or trade shows, increased webinars, any of that kind of stuff that we wanted to hit? virtual trade shows? I mean, we're going to, I think the webinar stuff is probably a no-brainer. Um, I'm still personally looking at uh, options for virtual stuff, but I think that's probably going to be a pretty penny. Um, but yeah, I mean, from a customer standpoint, we definitely are, are going to be ramping up our, our webinar presence. So I think that's something that we'll be communicating out to those folks uh, here over the next, over the next few weeks. Um, but then also probably, I mean, you know, like Dan said, we're going to be reaching out to these guys to, to figure out what their needs are, not only to, to see in which ways we can help, but also to, to better allocate our resources internally. So I think that'll definitely fall in line to where, you know, what routes and, and what topics and things that we want to cover with these webinars um, to make them you know, most beneficial for, for where they're at. 
because I think this is obviously going to affect the healthcare industry differently than it's going to affect education, differently than it's going to affect uh, government and corporate stuff. So everybody's going to have their own kind of, uh, you know, picadillos and they're going to feel the pinches in different ways. I mean, our mission is still the same. We want to do what we can to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. And our piece of the world most of the time tends to be relatively small, right? We're providing TV and, and video systems. Uh, it may be that as we increase telework, as we increase VPN access, as we increase you know, video training, that our piece of the world becomes a little bit larger here through necessity rather than through just kind of like the organic growth of the industry. And again, what we want to stress is that we are here for them. We're here to be a resource for our customers. Um, we are going to do everything that we can to keep our workforce safe while continuing to be a resource for our customers. But you know, we are we're not going to go away. We're going to do everything we can to be adaptive to, again, I don't want to be alarmist, but we're going to come out of the other side of this someday, hopefully relatively soon, weeks, months, whatever the case may be, and probably come out slightly changed as a society. And we want to be here for our customers on the other side of whatever this pandemic ends up being. And you'll be there for your customers with maybe some barking dogs and some, some, <laughs> some right barking background. dogs and maybe some kids in the background. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Chad and Dan. I really do appreciate all your candor today. And uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Shelby. And that does it for this episode of the Z-Band Tech Talk podcast. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk. <laughs>